Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor rewatch podcast. Exactly what I love and crave. More Outwatch in your podcast feeds. Exactly what you love and crave, hopefully. My name's <laughs> Alex, and I will be your host and guide through our Outwatch journey. We are on episode five of season 33 of Survivor, Millennials versus Gen X. If you're just jumping in, you'll want to start on episode one of this season because we episode by episode recap, rewatch and react to old seasons of Survivor. Uh, myself, as a lover of the show, I'm joined by three friends who their first real significant foray into Survivor came on this pod. Um, and so before we get into the depths of this episode, you ought to meet my co-hosts. Uh, and so why don't we start with the leader as of the beginning of this episode in our fantasy survivor game. Uh, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. Uh, so one of the big storylines of this part of this season is Taylor and Figgy's showmance. They get a lot of airtime Um and we get to, you know, delve deeply into their romance. And as a result, you know, they have coined the name, I believe themselves, uh, Figtails as their fun, cute couple name. Um, and so I wondered if, if any of our hosts today uh, have any ideas for how to up the ante on this couple name. So, Adam, if you could rename Figtails, um, what well, would you what would you name it? So I think that they the, the problem with Figtails is it's the first part of Figgy's name and the first part of Taylor's name. Mm -hmm. And that like doesn't make any sense. It should be the first part of one of their names and the last part of one of their names. So I say they should be Figler. <laughs> Figler. Figler. Uh, you know, one of the best the best survivor uh, journalists out there is named Josh Wiggler. That's pretty maybe. close. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we should ask uh, Josh Wiggler if he approves of Figgy and Taylor being renamed to Figgler because it's awful <laughs> close. <laughs> um, in second place in our fantasy survivor at this point is Emily. So, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you could rename Figtails, what would you name it? Uh, I looked at Adam before we started and I said, so my answer is Figler. And he was like, I made that up. I was like, <laughs> oh, crap. So I thought I had come up with something good. So in these last five seconds, I have come up with Tiggly. Tiggly. <laughs> I don't want it to sound so cute, but I can't think of anything menacing. Where's the L-Y come from? Wouldn't it be it's like... A, it's a very... It's, it's a very ingrained mix. It's the L, it's the L and Taylor and the Y and Figgy. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of like bounce back and forth in this yeah, case yeah, yeah. between Taylor yeah. and Figgy. Okay. Uh, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hello. Now you get the chance, Scott, to rename this <laughs> iconic survivor romance. Yeah. So kid you not, I was going to say Figgler too. Gosh, dang <laughs> it. <laughs> so as I've gotten to come up with in the last 10 seconds, um, Fig Nation. Mm. <laughs> the lack of anything having to do with Taylor. <laughs> it's freaking right though, Scott. I think that's the yeah. nature of their relationship, as I understand. <laughs> Is freaking Jonathan out there at Fig Nation? Uh, yeah. Making relationship kids. is worth their weight in gold. <laughs> 
Uh, Jeff, forget this immunity idol. I want the gold star. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we recently did a rewatch of well, actually not a rewatch, a first watch of Kid Nation, the uh, much lauded CBS reality show from the early aughts that you can check out uh, deeper in this feed if you so dare. I wouldn't recommend it. No, <laughs> it's pretty, um, pretty sobering. Did you guys catch that um, that clip that I pulled at the beginning there? Did you like that? When David uh, finds the idol. Exactly what I love and crave. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was funny. You guys didn't laugh at it, though. I was taken aback because I didn't know who it was. Mm. I didn't. Yeah, I don't even think I registered that you were playing a clip. Also, I was trying to come up with Kigley. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is such an incredible name. I understand the need to focus. <laughs> um, so this episode of Survivor is uh, titled Idol Search Party. And among the things that happen is David finds an idol in that you know, titular idol search party. So why don't you say we start this episode out by hitting the major story beats of episode five of Survivor Millennials Gen X. So let's take a, you know, sometimes I call this segment going to tree mail and other times I don't. So just inconsistency on my part, really. This episode starts by Jess telling Ken about her legacy advantage as a show of uh, thankfulness after he clued her into the vote being on her last episode. If you recall, David uh, just played the idol on Jess. The Gen X then all openly look for the idol, and lo and behold, David finds it again, re-upping his idol haveness. And when he finds it, he says this. Exactly what I love and crave. I just think it's such a silly thing to say. <laughs> and the way he says it is goofy. Uh, next thing you know, we've got a tribe swap. As Adam noted pre-recording, that was set up for this cool-looking challenge. And then it was just like, nope, tribe swap. Things get all jumbled up. We go from two tribes to three. And the new purple tribe is Taylor, Figgy, Adam, Jess, and Ken. The new orange tribe is Cece, Chris, Dave, Zeke, and Michelle. And the new green tribe, which must go to camp and start making a shelter from scratch, but they get one extra member, is made up of Michaela, Hannah, Jay, Will, Sunday, and Brett. They have real survivor tribe names too, but as is Outwatch tradition, there's no point in trying to remember them because we will forget them. Uh, back at the new uh, purple tribe, Figgy hug blocks Taylor to keep their relationship on the DL, and Adam finds himself in the middle of the tribe, between Figtails, or Figler, rather, and the Gen Xers. On the Orange tribe, Zeke and Chris strike a bond over being from Oklahoma. Chris played for the Oklahoma Sooners, and Zeke is a big University of Oklahoma fan. At the Green tribe, they're really struggling to get fire started, and Michaela, despite having to deep reach deeply within herself, uh, is able to start the fire and then has a bit of an emotional moment um, after being able to start fire for her tribe. At the immunity challenge, we've got some buoys and then some basketball hoops, and Michaela and Jay really carry the green tribe, letting them finish first. And then Purple finishes second as Orange can't overcome the really disastrous slow start 
from David and Cece. Disaster! Jeff would say. Back at the Orange Tribe, Chris wants to vote out Cece or David instead of a millennial, much to Zeke's uh, enjoyment. And after hearing of this plan, Michelle is suspicious and tries to talk game with Cece, but that gets back to David and makes him uh, paranoid as a result. And so going into tribal, um, we wonder how things are going to turn out. Everybody does a really skillful job of deflecting questions at tribal council, and ultimately Cece is totally blindsided, voted out four to one, making her the next player voted out of Survivor of Millennials versus Gen X. And Adam, making Cece your first fallen comrade on yep. Adam's Apple Squares tribe. Yep. Uh, did you, were you seeing the writing on the wall as far as Cece's demise in this episode? Yeah, I mean, Chris wasn't, wasn't in love with David or Cece. Uh, Zeke and Michelle obviously are going to do anything they can to get rid of a teammate. And I mean, like the thing about Cece was she was never great in some of the more physical challenges. Right. So I, I don't know. Um, from a pure like tribal strength perspective, it makes sense. It wasn't that hard to see it happening because yeah. no one was really going to be able to do anything about it. So just kind of the way it was. But I I like Cece. We didn't get to see a lot of her, but mm-hmm. I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think the combination for Cece that was tough to overcome was it's really hard to hide in tribes this small when you are really a liability in challenges. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a big factor for why she went home this episode. And then also, at least, you know, this is the story that's given to us, but that scene where Michelle tries to talk to her and then Michelle gets nowhere with her, right? And that she's not, not really giving her anything is at least shown to us as like, look, Michelle, or Cece's like rigid and not really willing to like play ball here. And that could have contributed to it as well. But yeah, when tribes are this small, man, it, it's really tough to hide. Um, another important note, tribe wise for our fantasy game, we noticed this pre recording is that Emily, all 100% of your tribe mates were swapped onto the green tribe. How do you feel about that uh, development? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Didn't know that until we started recording. (laughs) So I feel okay about it. I think that they seem to be doing well. I think, you know, they had to go and start a new camp. And we, I mean, you talked about how they had a hard time getting fire going, but I think maybe that can be like a bonding thing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, What we've seen so far is, you know, they do have an extra team member. And I think they're working really hard. So I feel okay about it. That can be big to it. Like to the same point as like being, it's hard to hide on such small tribes when you have the ability to sit somebody out each challenge where other tribes maybe don't like you can sit out your liability mm-hmm. when the other tribes have to run them, which can be huge. Yeah. Yep. So let's do the standard opening thing here. And uh, Find out what was y'all's favorite part of this episode. This isn't as far as Survivor episodes go. We said this before we started, but nothing wrong with this episode, but not a lot of excitement or like crazy story 
or entertainment moments. But uh, Scott, did you have a favorite moment from this episode? Um, like like you said, it's kind of hard to nail down exactly one. Um, <laughs> the big thing that obviously like stands out is the tribe swap. I did like I've like both liked the challenge and like was kind of meh on the challenge. Yeah, I'm always. I always like anytime you can incorporate basketball into anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, I don't know. I like the challenge, I guess. Um, I thought it was kind of well-crafted, pretty competitive, and you got to see a lot of dynamic out of all the tribes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam, do you have a favorite moment from this episode? Uh, I really appreciated the, there, there was a lot of character building in this episode. Uh-huh. Um, the smaller tribes, I mean, splitting it up into three tribes and making the tribes significantly smaller gave an opportunity to really see some characters that or some people that were kind of sleeping on the edit or just like like Zeke, who, yeah, you know, we've seen him on the edit, but then all of a sudden he starts bonding with Chris and like we've seen some about Chris, but now we kind of see this sort of sort of unlikely pairing yeah. from like the outset but then you realize like i oh, know like they have this really big bond and zeke's like this guy's like one of my heroes like uh-huh. he was on the championship team like you know um even to the point of like zeke didn't even ask him what year he played there he asked what coaches he played for yeah uh-huh. and that was enough information for zeke which there's not a team that i like that much <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anyway um well none of none of the teams I like win, so that's probably not fair. <laughs> uh anyway, so I, I think that, that was a pretty cool th- there were a lot of really just interesting character moments. Seeing Adam interact with Ken was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um seeing Jay, I mean like because Brett kind of came in to the Green Tribe as sort of like, oh, I'm gonna like prove my worth to the millennials and all this stuff. And then he's like, This Jay kid really knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like, not doing Brett's hardly doing anything and Jay's like these old guys we got to tell them exactly what to do right dude I think I see this say this every episode but I freaking love Jay Jay's one of my favorite survivor characters he's a good survivor character I'm a fan yeah uh Emily what was your high point um yeah I think Watching Michaela make fire mm-hmm. was really cool. I know that you talked about that. And honestly, I echo what Adam was saying. I think we got to a point in the tribes where they just clicked up so quickly. Mm. And there was like the in and the out. And that was it for both tribes. And that kind of sucked. But this is really interesting to see these connections that people are making between the two prior tribes and seeing some people who just got trapped and maybe like the out group and couldn't really find their place. Yeah. Finally have some wiggle room to make moves in the game. So I think that was really interesting. Yeah. It's a great point. That's like, what's compelling about tribe swaps for sure. Is it, mm-hmm. you know, breaks up. Otherwise it could very easily be like, okay, this is the alliance that's going to run the table, you know, add some, yeah, that just gets boring. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I really loved Michaela's scene too. That was a really well, yeah, a really well crafted scene, and like, um, I think gave uh, some needed depth to her character. Um, so that, yeah, we see more to her personality than what we'd been seeing to this point. And yeah, you talked about uh, Zeke and Chris. I always think that's a really fun relationship too. So it's fun to see that start up here. Michaela's like we've seen some from her. And this episode, we really see that like drive and fire in her. Yeah. 
Like we, we we've seen her in previous episodes where she's kind of like she's calling out big tails or she's like, you know, making what's probably the smart play to do this, to do that or whatever. And this was just so much like we see what's driving her. Mm-hmm. And that was such a cool moment. Yeah, Michaela is awesome. <laughs> she's uh, really good at this. So some of the other high points that we can talk through, uh, David finds an, an idol on um, the Gen X beach at the very beginning of the episode, right before the swap. Um, and yeah, I wondered um, if any of you had any uh, reactions to him finding um, a second idol right after having just played his first one. I was thinking about how on a season like this where idols are um not necessarily you don't have to find like clues to get there um and especially at this stage in the game when there's like a lot of idols but maybe not to the point where they are in the late 30s where everybody knows and everybody like tries really hard to find idols at this stage in the game i feel like if you find one your chances of finding another one like greatly increase right because you and he kind of mentions this like you start to know what to look for um, mm-hmm. And I think you can really like snowball as far as finding idols in that way. Yeah. Did any of you um, have any major thoughts to David finding another idol? It made me feel less bad about them having a tribe swap right after he played his other one. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, because initially I was like, cause like we talked about like last episode when he played his, I think it was last episode, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, like, what if there's a tribe swap? Like, what if, what if you did that for no reason? Well, then there was one, and I was really bummed out for him. But then, yeah, like, once he found it, I was like, all right, cool. Like, that mm-hmm. wound up being a really good play for him. So it really, was like, for him. Yeah, it really was. Especially, I mean, since he found another idol immediately after, he effectively played the idol. And now he doesn't have to go back to another... Uh, tribal without an idol yeah like even after having just played one so like regardless of how that move pans out for him whether sunday is really on his side or not for the rest of the game like jessica you're right Mm -hmm. sunday was the other person um whether jessica's on his side for the rest of the game or not him finding another idol effectively means like hey this was like a win-win situation like either you gained an ally for life or you didn't, but like you didn't actually lose anything because you found an idol immediately after. So, yeah, so yeah it, it just really validates, like what Scott said, it really validates that play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you said about going into a swap is a really astute point, too. Like, who knows the way that the like cards will, uh, you know, be revealed after a swap, right? Mm-hmm. And the randomness, yeah. like, yeah, you could end up on a totally, um, uh, you know, um, yeah, he could have the deck stacked against him, right? But now that he has an idol, that at least gives him a a trump card to play to keep with the cards analogy. Yeah. And did he um did he wind up switching tribes, or did he just go right back to I forget? He he's on the orange tribe. Mm-hmm. Jessica okay. and Ken are on the purple tribe yeah. still. So he basically took an idol from the purple tribe too. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. So now whoever swaps onto that tribe doesn't have the opportunity to find one at that beach. Well, but Adam's on that tribe, so there is an idol over there. 
Right, right, right. But so like the way that it works is like when so since the idol that was found on the Gen X beach was just played, that next one would be planted on the Gen X beach, right? So if David or gotcha. no one else found that before the swap, whichever tribe swapped to purple would be able to find the idol there. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, he like denied yep. the new tribe an opportunity to find one there too. Right. Well, and because Adam's holding the idol from Millennial Beach, then that means yep. there's no there's no idol there for them to find either. Yep. Yep. All right. But yeah. Yeah. And okay. so yeah. It was such like I, I stand by that move so hundred percent. Like the more the more we think I, I think about it, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like playing the idol on yourself feels like such a waste like 80% of the time. <laughs> but playing it on someone that you know is getting the vote and can help swing you into a powerful position. Like that's the move. Mm. Yeah, it's like I think we like talked about this already, but it, it like is just so I don't know. Like there's the pressure to like do the killer idol swing. But yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, we've like already analyzed this, like the better maybe to use it and it be a six out of 10 than to never use it and get no value out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the tribe swap happens. Um, Did you um, have, so after the swap happens, right. And it's revealed who's on each tribe, who did you really say like, okay, this person really benefited from the swap. Um, and maybe this person really got a bad draw. Um, Scott, was there anybody that stuck out one way or the other for you when you saw the way that those tribes broke down? Um, I really like paid, I locked in hard on like the Ken and Jessica. Yeah. Dynamic. Um, just because I feel like Adam, Adam Taylor figgy, were not super aligned on the millennial tribe. At mm-hmm. least I didn't get that sense. So I got, I saw a kind of a opportunity for them to maybe swing Adam to their side mm-hmm. um, and maybe like wind up kind of bettering their, their chances in the game. Cause they were both kind of on the lower end of the Gen X tribe. So mm-hmm. uh, those two were the big two that I thought of immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, did anybody seem to really make out well or poorly as a result of the swap to you? Um, yeah, I think everyone we've talked about, I thought it was really fortuitous that, um, who is it? I'm looking at the names. Scott literally just talked about them. <laughs> Jessica and, um, Ken. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That they were together. I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they had just, you know, formed a kind of an alliance. Um, I could not believe that Figtails was together. And by that, I mean, <laughs> Figler. Figler, Figler or, Figler. or, or that they were together (laughs) (laughs) yeah that you know I'm very anti survivors rigged that could be one where I could be convinced (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Adam what about you did anybody seem to make out well or poorly um I think, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of someone on, I think, so I think Chris made out really well. Yeah. Um, he found Zeke, who was looking for an ally. 
Michelle and Zeke were down. So obviously they were willing to partner with him and he had been screwed over by uh, David and CC at that Mm -hmm. point. So like Chris really like found a benefit in swapping, uh, even if his tribe isn't like as strong necessarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know about the green tribe. I'm not sure that anyone on that tribe is like really. The thing is, if they never go to tribal, then like they're never going to have to like prove loyalty. And so they'll basically come away from that experience, like looking for their original uh, original people. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I don't know how I feel about them because I think Michaela. Michaela. She had partnered up with Jay and Will on that tribe. So like those three are relatively solid, but it, the fact that she isn't going to have to like test her loyalty with anybody means that she could come back into the game really. I don't know, not, like not necessarily trusting the best people. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I feel like Michaela, maybe more than anyone else, like I don't think we know who she is aligned with. Right. You know, like I don't know if I've gotten a sense of anybody that she is close to, which is like, can't be true, right? Like there's certainly people out there that she's close to. Well, and that's the thing about Michaela is if she is like strongly aligned with Jane, Will and uh, Figgy and Taylor and Michelle, like then your goal is to get back into the game with those people. Mm -hmm. But she's also was like kind of against Figgy and Taylor. Yeah. So like, she that should. So it, it just. I thought that Fig was Nation. a um, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, uh So the the problem with Michaela being on the tribe that she's on is she doesn't necessarily have the opportunity to really expand her circle. Sure. And so it's not so much that she's coming back in a weaker position. She just might come back with less options. Hmm. At least fewer people, at least like the options that she has, she's coming in at like number four and five in an alliance, not number one, two or three. Yeah. And that's that's really what I mean by those like fewer options. It's like she's kind of coming in at the bottom of a lot of people's alliances. Which, you know, I don't know, like that could that could be a total mystery when everybody comes back together, like. Michaela could have much more connections with people than we realize. Right. She's she's not been edited super well up until this point mm-hmm. necessarily. Um so uh, yeah, I don't know. So you'd say that for not really for anyone was it disaster. <laughs> uh I'm trying to think who could it be a disaster for? I think for I mean, for CC, it was obviously a disaster. <laughs> yes. Um, the person who got voted out. I think that, I mean, Adam was gunning for Taylor and Figgy from... Yeah, Adam does have a, a thing where he's like, this is the nightmare scenario. Right. So, like, for Adam, I think, like, there's a part of him that's like, this is bad. But I think also for Figgy and Taylor, this is really bad and they don't realize it. Yeah. If they wind up going the tribal, like there's a real good chance Adam flips on them because mm-hmm. Adam already gunned for Taylor once. Yeah. And and Ken and Jess, like, I don't know, they they're edited in a way that makes them seem really trustworthy. Right. So I feel like if I was Adam, it would be really hard for me to be like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna stick with the people that I absolutely don't trust, who I'm absolutely not 
one, two or three or, you know, two or three with, you know, I, I think for Adam, it's, it's, it feels like a nightmare scenario, but he has all of the power sure. in that tribe. Yeah. So, so I think for Figgy and Taylor, it's more of a nightmare scenario. Classic swing vote spot. Right. Um, I could see, I could see a lot of people on the green tribe getting downtrodden too. Mm-hmm. Just it's, because yeah. I'm going to have to start over. There's just not a lot of like strong, even like characters that are on the green tribe. That's like Jay and Michaela, but everyone else are among the more like not forgettable, but under edited players to this right. point. Well, I mean, you're at day what 15 or something like that when this happens mm-hmm. and you have to start over. Like, yeah, forget sucks. that. Yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah, that'd be real demoralizing. So I, I I I think the Green Tribe, even though they have like one up, it's pretty like that's not a fun place to be. I mean, Michaela was like, that sucks. Like she didn't want to be on that tribe. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I yeah. I don't know. She the says, Green Tribe is really like it could be so hit or miss. Michaela like says in confessional that she wanted to like flip Jeff off, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. So speaking about on uh, uh these, you know swapped tribes one of the combinations that we get that we've talked about already is zeke and chris who form this what seems to be an unlikely pairing which is one i think the like the themes of this season um whether that's really how it happened or you know when you create the millennials versus gen x theme you know like you're telling these stories of people coming together who you wouldn't expect to but between you know david and ken and zeke and um chris and even like fig tales, right? Um, maybe that one's not necessarily super unlikely. But I don't know. Have there been any other like unexpected pairings of people who have partnered together or just like had interesting scenes together um, in this season that really stuck out to you that you've enjoyed? I think I asked this just because I really do think this like relationship between Zeke and Chris is so like interesting, you know, like it's. Um, not who you would expect to hit it off on this tribe, but they do. And it's for reasons that yeah, maybe are like not the first things that you notice about these people, but it's something they have in common. So anyway, the question is, are there any other like um, pairings from the season that you have found to be especially interesting or compelling? I think from the get go, if you're just looking at like, I remember when we were in the first couple of episodes and we saw Ken, which I know that we've talked about this, but you know, at first glance, you think, oh, Ken, he looks well, he said like, oh, yeah, I've been living off the grid for right. however long. Like, <laughs> I know everything about living outside. He's got like a six pack. You're like, OK, he's going to be a leader. And he gets in kind of the outside of his tribe. So yeah. I guess that was surprising. And I think the relationships that that he has built thus far have been very I don't know if they're unexpected, but, you know, they just kind of have been happening. <laughs> he No, I think the, the relationships that Ken has developed are like much deeper relationships. Yeah. 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 Which I, I guess think that's is what my you're point. getting at. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you would see him in the first episode and think, oh, he's got it together. He's going to be a leader. He's just going to be like the fig tales. Like we just are coasting and we're leading and it's fine. But he's really had to work. For his mm-hmm. place and he's been very genuine with the people that he's with and has been very thoughtful about everything that right. he's doing 
Because I mean, his his alliances come together very slowly. Where it was him and David, kind of by default, CC because CC mm-hmm. was on the bottom, and then he comes to Jess and is like, "Hey, like you're about to get voted out here. Like I need you to listen to me." And she doesn't. And then David saves her life, but you know, to Jess, it's like, "Oh, Ken told me the truth here." So like, Jess is like, it's not an indebted thing. It's literally like. Jess probably is coming to this perspective of like I trust Ken yeah. implicitly now. Yeah, I know I can trust you. It's been proven to me. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that like I, I would agree with Emily t- on that. Like watching Ken develop relationships in this game has been really cool mm-hmm. because the relationships that he's developing. It's not so much like yeah, I, I don't know. I get along with him, so like I trust him, and like we you know kind of agree. Now. It's literally like Ken's like this is the best interest for me. This puts me in a powerful position and he's kind of coming to these people as like the savior. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it makes him a really interesting like character to watch. I think yeah. I, I would agree with that. He's not um, just like walking up to people all like, I trust you. Okay. I trust right. you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Ken's all of Ken's relationships are built on, these experiences of of trust building mm-hmm. it's not just like i guess i'm going to try to trust him and like you know our our interests are aligned so yeah that's a huge theme in this season i think we've like heard it a lot already david talks about trust all the time it's like his keyword you know mm-hmm. obviously that's central to ken too but i think that like um in a lot of these storylines people talk about this as like a formative reason why they're playing the way that they are. It's like based on trust more than it's based on like alliances or loyalty, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that like the way that Ken gets edited in particular, the way Ken gets edited, um, it makes you want to like trust him as a viewer. Yeah. Ken so, just seems like such a, like a cool guy to hang out with. Yeah. He's, he's literally just, he's just Ken. And yeah. like, I would love to hang out with Ken. He seems like an awesome dude. And the the thing about Ken talking about Adam, like, oh yeah, like he's a bright kid, he's you know got a good head on his shoulders, he you know good idea of what he's doing, he works hard, like all this stuff. Like Ken, like talking about Adam, like yeah, Adam's a great kid. Like basically, effectively saying that, like he's someone that I would want to bring into this circle of trust. Yeah. And as a viewer, you're looking at Adam and you're like, Adam, follow Ken. Like, just do it. Uh-huh. Like, it's everything. Like, you don't realize how good this will be for you. Yeah. And, you know, so, like, I think I think Ken is such an interesting, like, leader, non-leader character. Where he's not, like, this big, loud person. But, like, when he gains your trust, you ha- he you, ha- you, ha- you trust him. I trust you. Okay? I trust <laughs> you. <laughs> The other big um, story moment from this episode was Michaela making the fire for the Green Tribe, which we've, you know, talked about already. But I don't know, Scott, was there anything from this scene um, that maybe we haven't touched on that you found to be compelling or noteworthy? Um, I think just like kind of like what led up to that moment, like like we kind of talked about, like she really did not want to go to the Green Tribe. Uh, yeah. And she was very like vocal about that. And then kind of like they're like, they cut to them, they're struggling, all this stuff. And then for her to like put the team on her back and like 
get super emotional about it. I think it like it kind of adds depth to her care her character arc, I guess, in this show. Yeah. Um, like up to this point, like we've seen her kind of we've she's had a lot of moments, but like you don't really get to know her. Um, but again, in that moment, like you get to see like why she's there and like, like, I don't know, you just get to see more about like her as a person. And I just thought it was really cool. You need to pull the bunny out the hat. You just can't walk in with the bunny. <laughs> That's why she wasn't, you know, excited about going there at first. So she could pull the bunny out of the hat. Yeah. Like she talks about how like it's a recurring theme in her life where she like pushes to the point of feeling like she has nothing left and it's there that she like can grasp what she needs to get through the thing, you know, which is like a, a, what an insightful way to talk about like your experiences, you know, like, I don't know if I'd be able to like look back on my life with such like clarity and be able to like put a theme to things like that, but it's very compelling. I also really liked, I think it was Brett. It could have been Sunday or someone I think, else. Yeah, I, I feel think like it was Brett about. who said like when she came back and someone was like, were you crying? And she was like, yeah. And like, I think it was Brett was like, yeah, you should have been crying. Like that was incredible. Like, yeah, it's Brett. It, it was just such a, like a heartwarming moment that I wasn't really expecting necessarily. Like, yeah. Spoiler alert. In the next episode two, um, Michaela does something pretty cool. And Brett's just there like, and there's just, it's a snippet, but he says something like, yeah. Something like I'm so proud of you, or something like that. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. just so supportive of her, and I really loved that. So yeah. like, they're really coming together as a team. I really like, did. She's really finding her way, and I really did appreciate like that in that moment. It was just such like a heartwarming. Yeah. Like we're two people like trapped in this awful mm-hmm. position, <laughs> and like it's totally fine to feel the emotion that you're feeling. Yeah, and, like very affirming, very supportive. <laughs> yeah, Brett says there's nothing you can't do. Yeah, what he says yeah. in that next episode, which is like, oh, what an awesome thing for, He's for him so to say. Yeah. I, I really do like. I, I I feel worried about Brett, like as a player, but like as a person, he seems like such a nice dude. Yeah, like, he does. Especially as a Bostonian, my yeah. experience with like real Bostonians is not that, <laughs> not that like they're bad people or anything, but like dude, he's I, so like. I like failed yeah. to mention this a couple episodes ago, but at one point, did you catch this? Um, he says the word shark. And he's like shock and Dark. Jess. Jess like laughs at him. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, you remember that? It's like blah, blah, blah shock and just like <laughs> shock. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, it's funny. It was good. Yeah, so he wears a shirt that has a really famous bridge in Boston on it. Oh. And the first time I saw it, I was like, I looked at Emily. I was like, that's the bridge. And Emily was like, what? And I was like, on his shirt, it's the bridge. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that's what that bridge was. Yeah. It's a, I forget the name of it, but it was like, I used to, I, when I lived in Boston, I would cross it pretty frequently because it was like the best way to get out of the north side of the city. Yeah, it was. It's Boston, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, so immunity, not a ton, I guess, to talk about here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I bet our viewer, our viewership, our listenership on the east coast is zero anyway keep going (laughs) (laughs) Bostonians hate it Boston talk (laughs) (laughs) I think that the most interesting thing from this challenge other than of course Michaela just like freaking showing up and like Steph Curry dropping like four straight balls in the hoop 
Um, talking about David's immense struggle and Cece's to a lesser extent, David like <laughs> takes forever to get the buoy to the platform, and then he freaking like drops it on the <laughs> the deck and it's like whoa, stumbling so, along the deck like to try and pick it up. Level comedy. That was, it was so, so bad. Painful. To the point where Chris is like, is he throwing this? Right. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he asked that, is he throwing the challenge? And I honestly thought, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, physical challenges, not David Wright's strong suit. I I feel so bad because I mean, like, I had the same thought too, but like I feel so bad where there's a part of me that's like, who is relatively athletic who sees something like that? And I'm like, that's not real. A real person can do that. <laughs> there are people who aren't that athletic, and that's like their reality. Listen, as someone who's probably not very athletic, I get it. It was just like, you know, there's the swimming component. Maybe you drop the ball, but he dropped it like three times in a you, row. And that was when he was on the platform, and all he had to do was put his hand in the basket, yeah. put the ball in there, and he couldn't do it. I was this like, is, I don't know. Maybe he is so exhausted, yeah. and that's valid. But watching it, I was like, they're probably pretty slippery. Emily is also like, I'm not that athletic. She's also the only one amongst us who has completed a marathon yet. Yeah. Scott's on it, but... If you'd see me run, you would understand. It's like a lump. <laughs> slogging down the road. <laughs> but also, like, if we were going to, like, ask who's going to be the one person on this show to do it, like... It's, yeah. it's gonna be David. Yeah. In the PT world, we call people like him like a motor moron. <laughs> <laughs> you call people that? <laughs> you call people that? <laughs> no, like not like, like in PT school. Not so much patience. You know? <laughs> like you tell them to do something. Like you tell somebody to do something, and like. What they do is nothing close to what you ask them to do. <laughs> motor moron is incredible. Scott, can I rename your tribe the motor morons? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, David definitely is a motor moron in that case. Oh, uh, it just like happens in slow motion. It's like, uh. <laughs> so, so rough. So in, in this like tribe swap stage, one of the like high points that a, a tribe can accomplish that happens with some frequency, because oftentimes they do get lopsided, is just winning out such that they don't have to go to tribal council in this entire sequence. Um and I think, Adam, you've talked about the potential for the Green Tribe to do that. Was After this first episode, does it look like any of these tribes have the potential to just win out the Swap Tribe portion and enter the merge intact? Man, Green is so strong athletically. I mean, like, like Sunday is probably one of their weaker players. Mm -hmm. And it's not like she's particularly weak. Hannah as well. Like she's not a particularly athletic person, but she's not like unathletic. Jay, Will, Michaela, all extremely athletic people that you will always have playing effectively. Yeah. Or, you know, Will might sit out for something, but, and then Brett's like, he's a bigger dude, but he's pretty athletic too. Like it, it's the, the purple tribe 
the purple tribe is a really strong tribe athletically too mm-hmm. but because they don't have the ability to sit out i guess like in, in the next episode they'll be able to sit out one person right but like then green's gonna sit out two people yeah and uh-huh. yeah and the purple tribe like i mean David, I'm sorry, is just so... I mean, he's a motomoron. We've established this. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry for that quote. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That was> incredible. <laughs> it's nothing against him. We love David. It's just he's yeah. not athletic. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a I mean, great like, way to put Zeke, it, too. Because Zeke is like... Zeke's a... He's a really strong dude. Like, he's yeah. athletic. He went up against Chris in that one, like, like head-to-head challenge. Mm-hmm. And, like... Bended him off pretty well. Um, Chris, we know, is super athletic. I mean, he played D1 football. Like, right. dude's huge, strong, fast. Like, he's everything you want. Uh, Michelle is, like, not as athletic, but she's not unathletic. Like, mm-hmm. She put a puzzle like, together pretty well early season, too. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, she's a real puzzle person. So, like, if that's in the game, like, she should do pretty well. Yeah. Between her so and I'm, David, they should have that part taken care of. Right. So, I mean, like the orange and the purple tribe, I see them just sort of like trading and, and like one of them wins immunity, one of them doesn't win immunity and just trading that on and off and mm-hmm. the green tribe just winning out because like seriously, next episode, they're going to get to sit out two people and pretty much everyone on their tribe is like at least at least moderately athletic. Yeah. Yeah, we will have to wait and find out if any of these tribes went out. Uh, after the challenge, then, the discussion at that new Orange tribe is, uh, it starts out by Chris saying, you know, to Zeke, like, hey, you're fine. I want to vote out either Cece or David. He then tells David, like, well, I think, you know, I think you know what we've got to do. I hate that it's got to be Cece. Really, he doesn't hate it at all. but. um so they target CC, but then, you know, there's the little bit of um, skullduggery going along where people are talking to CC and then talking to David and there creates a little bit of confusion. Um, with all of that, what was your expectation going into tribal? Did it seem like it was CC with just some decoys thrown in there? Or did you really think that um, it had the chance to be someone like, I don't know, David or Michelle? Um, going home instead. Emily, what did you think going into tribal? They always set up tribal to have a couple of options mm-hmm. and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I was pretty sure though that Cece was going home. I just couldn't imagine it shaking out with the Gen Xers sticking together. And the other thing about it too, which I've noticed, I don't know if through this season or other seasons as well, but Cece was so confident. Yeah. She was just kind of like, yeah, this is the way it is. And I'm not even going to think about anything else. And the second you get to that point, you're in danger. We mm-hmm. see that all the time. Yep. Well, and this is like Michelle came to her. Effectively to try and strategize like, hey, let's put out David. Yeah. Like, let's be in charge because Michelle can't not be in charge, um, <laughs> which will be her demise. Um <laughs> <laughs> She uh, she's the one who orchestrated the Mari 
vote out so we were allowed to hate her yeah um, i was like what are you talking about emily gave me a look and i was like <laughs> where is this coming from i forgot um, yeah okay i'm fine because i liked mari and i'm mad about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still uh, stand mari yeah we're still yeah we, are. we still stand mari um <laughs> so like michelle came to cc it was like hey like maybe we should vote out david like think about that and cc just did not engage with that yeah which it's easy to criticize her as a player in that moment to be like oh like she had an opportunity to save herself and she didn't but it was like more it was more a matter of Cece trusted the position that she was in yeah she trusted David and why not like David's been loyal to her for a while and I you know I'm not going to turn against someone that I've been playing this game with for you know 16 days who's been loyal to me why would I turn against that person so I, I think that like it's easy to point a finger at CC and kind of be like, you know, like I get why she went, but she had an opportunity to save herself. But also, like, I don't know that she could have played it much better than she did, honestly. Mm. I I I think that if she had been more conniving, we wouldn't have liked her as much. So yeah. yeah, it's a tough position in that the people that are your numbers have kind of wholesale decided, uh, we're gonna right. work with the other people instead. At the very least, like entertaining and going along with Michelle's, you know, offer would have been a good way to start. Um, right. Because, yeah, then maybe Zeke's like, all right, I'll get on board with that, you know. But yeah, it's 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 a tough hole to dig out of either way. Yeah, I just yeah. And we we haven't like really we haven't criticized CC's like game up till this point really like I, I don't think she's played a particularly great game. I just like I I find it hard to say that she played anything poorly, right? Which is what it comes down to for me. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a good way of putting it. She started off you know being on the wrong side of the numbers that combined with her inability to perform well in the challenges. I I think just really. Yeah, it gave her a really tough spot here this episode. And especially being with like Chris as the, you know, powerful representative from her old tribe who has before talked about wanting to vote her out like just bad luck. Um, I I thought an interesting thing, too, like especially, you know, everyone actually other than Cece, like does a really good job of like deflecting and answering questions at tribal such that they do not give away what's happening, you know? Like, there were so many questions that they basically, like, answered with the status quo instead of being like, yeah, Jeff, I think there's going to be a big shakeup tonight. Or, you know, like, yeah, I don't think that, you know, we have to go Gen Xers anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably frustrating for Jeff, who wants the, <laughs> the big things at Tribal, but it's smart survivor. And that you're not, yeah, if CC does have an idol or something, she's not going to play it. Right. So ultimately, CC's voted out four to one. Does this seem like the right choice for those two other Gen Xers on that tribe in David and Chris to go ahead and pull the plug on this Gen Xer majority on this tribe at this point to vote out um, CC? Scott, did you think that this was a smart move for that pair? Um, I think so. I think at this point, like, I feel like this is kind of the episode where, like, the Gen X millennial thing kind of gets squashed sure. to some extent. Like, at this point, it's just like 
get who is who can get you further in the game like Mm -hmm. and if you don't want to get with that then you're just going to get voted out so like i think it's like zeke and michelle are clearly better players and if you can lock them in i think that's i think that's the way to go in my opinion Mm -hmm. and yeah if we're going at it from like a who i can trust versus who i can't perspective which is the way that david breaks down you know survivor in this episode like if yeah you form a better bond with zeke for instance in this episode then you were able to with cc in the first 12 days like maybe yeah the previous tribe loyalties don't matter so much did this seem like a good move um to you emily for them to um eliminate cc at this point I think so. I always hated the way that, from what we could tell, Cece's experience was of just yeah. people always making decisions without her, and she's just kind of trying to hold on, and she never really got a chance, I don't think, to really make decisions or be in charge or be a leader or anything. Right. Um, and I don't, I mean, like I was talking about earlier, you know, the two tribes at the beginning kind of created these clicks pretty quickly. She was not in that leader click and then she didn't really get a chance to do that in this smaller tribe either um but yeah i think at this point because it is a smaller tribe she really does consistently from what we've seen slow down some of the challenge Mm -hmm. work so i think that was probably a better move i'm also just very interested in these shakeups so i'm all for it yeah for new alliances to be built That's the thing. You're that's the thing that makes this a difficult decision to analyze beyond like well, who do you trust? It's you're just gonna be hemorrhaging people if you don't do well in these challenges. Yeah. Right. And like CC unfortunately just isn't that athletic. It yeah. makes it hard to like keep her around, even if you like her. Yeah. It becomes a much larger concern, I think, in this small tribe phase. Yeah. And in like the history of Survivor, unfortunately, it like because again, we've said this a number of times, but like it's harder to hide on these tribes. It leads to like more frequently players that you're like rooting for and really want to see make it deep get like booted because they like draw a bad swap, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of these later returning player seasons, especially, um, it's like notorious for like, um, okay, well, we're gonna lose all the favorites now. anything else from this episode that's worth chatting about before we explore our survivor fantasy and participation trophies i just really like a lot of people on this season yes like it's just a really likable group of people including figler they have even they have like redeeming qualities i think (laughs) there you go but yeah, I don't know. Like there's like very few people like that I don't like find myself rooting for in some capacity. Yeah. Which makes it enjoyable to watch. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's yeah. I, yeah. I would agree with that. This is this is like really good survivor. Like mm-hmm. the fact that I, I don't know where this season is ranked as compared to Amazon, but like this season feels so much better than Amazon just off the bat. Mm. I agree. Every time I watch one of these episodes, I get very into it. Right. And I haven't really done that. It's not like I like slog through the episodes, but mm-hmm. I'm just like super invested in what's happening as it's happening. And that's 
Well, and more in this episode or more in this season than any other that we've watched. And you wow. and you have people that you're like actively rooting for. Where whereas like in Amazon, it's more just like I don't want that person to win. Yeah, <laughs> like it's you know, and even it's in- like the big the biggest sort of thing that you get to like rooting for someone is more just like rooting against someone. Yeah, yeah. and even like Kagiyan, which is my favorite season, the mm-hmm. there are definitely fewer like big positive characters right this one is like yeah this is a very feel-good cast you know yeah. you can get behind pretty much everyone um and i think when survivor is at its best it's like that right i think it's more compelling to show us a number of people that we all like and want to see succeed than to like you know edit us villains right um but like Kagiyan, for as incredible as it is there's like just a few protagonists and even then those protagonists have like reasons that you may actually root against them. And, and that's like the thing about Kyrian was most of the drama is driven by the fact that uh, uh, Tony is an agent of chaos. Yes. <laughs> and like a really good agent of chaos. Like he is such the a best. good player in that season, but it's like, it's so frustrating to watch because you're looking at all these people who are like, this is the way a rational survivor would play it. And Tony's like, I'm not rational. <laughs> and like, you know, and keeps going, but like, you know, makes really smart decisions. And in this case, like the person that we have doing those moves is David at this point. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, if we're, if we're trying to tr- it, it, find someone and even David, it's like, you see this, like, uh, I just, I don't know this is the right move, but it feels like it's what I'm supposed to do. So it's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's it's not like Tony at all. David comes in like, oh crap, and Tony yeah, comes in like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there there is something particularly enjoyable about this season of Survivor that I don't know, like this, it, it, it feels almost like a new school, old school Survivor because it, it reminds me a bit of like Pearl Islands, where there are a lot of people who you're like. There are a couple big personalities. Mm-hmm. That you're like, yeah, man, I love Rupert. I want Rupert to win. And this is just like, this is a bunch of Ruperts. <laughs> <laughs> How can there ever be more than one Rupert? I mean, like, no one will ever beat Rupert. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great season. Definitely one of my favorites. Uh, participation trophy time, folks. Who will receive your participation trophy, which for you potential newbies, or if you've forgotten, is the weekly MVP point we give to the player that we think performed the best in this episode. But because, you know, to be on theme, we're giving away participation trophies this year. I forgot that we changed the name of it. (laughs) Uh, Adam, you're in the lead, so why don't you drop us your participation trophy first? Uh, you know, I'm going to kick it to someone that I don't think we've given a participation trophy to yet. And that is Chris. All right. That's right. Um, I think he, uh, we, we saw a lot out of Chris this episode. Like he kind of went from a few, like, okay, we're in charge. And then a few tribals of like, we're not in charge. Like every time I think I'm in charge, I keep getting blindsided to like, this is what we're going to do. He talks to. David and Cece and is like, I think we should get rid of Michelle because Michelle's like the weaker one, right? And then he goes to Zeke and Michelle and is like, I think we should get rid of Cece and then gets David on board to do it. I just, 
I thought he did a really great job. Big fan of this episode. All right. Zeke or Chris rather is on the board with his first participation trophy. Uh, Emily, who's going to be the recipient of your trophy? Um, I like the idea of Chris. I'm going to go with Michaela. Yes. She did a great job with that fire. I had a good feeling Michaela would get listed, which is why I felt comfortable choosing Chris. <laughs> Michaela makes the fire also really puts the team on her back at that immunity challenge. It really does. Uh, Scott, who's going to get your participation trophy today? Um, mine was definitely going to go to Michaela too. All right. Not to be, I'm sorry to be boring, but yeah, no. just for like the reasons I already stated, like she had that really great moment with the fire and she absolutely drained all the threes. Yeah. In really the challenge. Did. You're so absolutely, good. <laughs> absolutely dominated the challenge. And yeah. yeah, I just really like her as a player. So Michaela. Yeah. They're like losing at the point when they get to the basketball portion and she just like rolls up and hits like three straight. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Um, I think I'm going to give mine. I'm torn between David and Chris. I think I'm actually going to give it to David and that he finds the idol again, which is big and also um, is swapped into a spot that could be bad for him um, for the same reason that it was bad for Cece. But he's able to survive it mostly by hopping on board with what Chris is doing, which in that case was the right move. You could definitely see a world where David's like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this. And then he gets booted instead. So mm-hmm. um, David surviving and finding an idol is worth a point for me. All right. It's time for Fantasy Survivor. Um, as a reminder, people get 10 points for winning immunity, which means that everybody on the purple and green tribes respectively will receive 10 points. The player that named the episode will get five points, which in this case was Cece. The only five points that she did win this episode. Um, David also acquired a hefty 20 or 15 points for acquiring an idol. And then everybody who attended tribal council and voted correctly, which is everybody other than Cece, got five points for doing so. And then another five for surviving, which means that after this episode, in third place with 165 points is the Scots Motor Moron Tribe. <laughs> if you consent to the renaming of your tribe. We can name it that. Okay. <laughs> I'm down with that. Uh, a, a fresh 10 spot across the board for Scots Tribe. Um, in second place is Emily's Avocado No Toast Tribe. Heck yeah. With 180 points, again, 10 spot across the board. And despite losing a member, Adam's Apple Squares will stay in first place with 230 points. Only five points from CeCe this week, but a whopping 25 from David after finding that idol and voting correctly on top of things. Um, Scott, you're in third place right now, but you survive another episode of not losing anyone. After the swap, how do you feel about your group? Um, I feel a little bit better. Um, so like Ken and Jessica, I think have an opportunity now to maybe make some moves and get ahead in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like where Zeke is at as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like him and Chris have the potential to get, get together and kind of go make some moves. Um, Figgy, I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. We'll I don't see know how, what to make of that. We'll I'm see. waiting on either her or Taylor to drop. Yeah, we'll see how Figler fares. Uh, I think soon. that's all that's left on my team. It is. Uh, yeah, Hannah, so. did you mention Hannah? Hannah, yes, I forgot Hannah. Um, again, I don't really know what to make of Hannah. She's not really... I don't know. She hasn't really had that many big moments yet. Yeah. So, but for like the big three, like I guess I'm calling them my big, the three. big three. My three. My three. Zeke, um, Ken, and Jessica. I'm feeling. I'm feeling better about where they're at. Which one of your big three is Chris Bosh? Oh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw Jessica in at the Chris Bosh. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me too. She's like definitely third. Yeah. <laughs> But still a very good player, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. All-star. You know, what, you know what they call the third member of the big three? A Hall of Famer. So <laughs> <laughs> It's a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Emily, the avocado no toast is now all very fittingly green to yes! match <laughs> the color of your avocados. <laughs> um, what do you think about your, your team now after this swapped episode? And your chances of catching up to Adam's Apple Squares. Listen, I never feel good about that. <laughs> That's what I have to say. You're in second. You're, you're in, like, in second. Yeah, just wait. You're in a really solid second. That's Whatever. all I'm saying. So you're in a very safe second right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your consolation. My motor morons have no chance. <laughs> uh, and then, Adam, you have um, a commanding lead at this point. And you're holding on to two idols accounted for on your tribe between Adams and Davids um, and have gotten a hefty bump due to their finding the idols. Um, how are you feeling about things after the swap? Um, having so many people on one tribe is never fun. Uh, like that, that's something that really gets to me. Um, I guess three quarters of the remaining orange tribe is on your tribe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the other two are on a different tribe. So it's it's not even like I'm spread across three tribes. So mm-hmm. that that pretty much <clears throat> I don't know. That that I don't I don't like having my team set up that way. That being said, <clears throat> excuse me. I I think Chris has a chance to like really make a move in this game after this week. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think David could go pretty deep in the game too because he is willing to like listen, but he was also willing to make moves when he needs to make moves. Michelle is really, she, the way that she got edited this week made her seem kind of conniving. Hmm. And I don't know how long that's going to take her into the game. Yeah. Um, And then I think if Adam makes the right move with his new tribe, he could go deep in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor, I mean, he's a part of, of of figure nation so <laughs> i i don't know i have no idea what to think about him the only reason i have taylor is because i didn't want scott to have figgy and taylor do you so, regret like, that i don't even like really like taylor which really sucks because it means that my other option was could have been to have jessica yeah which i love <laughs> i can't believe jessica was the last pick <laughs> yeah i uh Jessica yeah. is in second place on participation trophies. And She's crushing it. Yeah. Jessica's good. Very last so, yeah, I think that like, I feel like I have a tribe that will like keep me in the runnings, but I don't think my like 
50 point lead over Emily is going to last a significant amount of time. Interesting. Well, we shall see next time on Outwatch. Um, we will be recapping, rewatching, and reacting to episode six of Survivor Millennials vs. Gen X, titled The Truth Works Well. And until then, make sure you're subscribed to our feed so you don't miss an episode. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We're proudly a member of the Megabed Media Podcast Network, which means that you can find all of our recordings on YouTube. Just search Megabed Media. And also, listener support is active for Outwatch. If you like what we're doing here and want to continue supporting us, um, there's a link in the description to opt in to listener support. We greatly appreciate any support you're willing to give us. So next time, we will see you right here. Same bad time, same bad station, same good podcast. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best outro. <laughs>